Welcome to the Stanley Street Social Podcast presented by MAP. My name's Alex Clements. I'm here with Campbell Flakemore. Tom Hamilton will be joining us later on for his continental breakfast with some big news out of the continental breakfast this week. We've got our brand new, well not brand new, but reinvented Sufferfest segment, which we'll touch on later. Um, but first of all, we've got the, the main the main segment of the podcast um, presented by MAP, the premium apparel company based out of North Melbourne. They've got their store on 20 Vale Street, or you can check their full range out at map.cc. Uh, just to start off with, if you do want to support us, Cambo, if you do want to support the podcast, mm. there's a few things. There's a few things you can do. Number one, you can tell a friend. That's handy. That's useful for us. Tell a friend that likes cycling. Tell a friend that like, might like the podcast. Let them know how you get onto us, how you listen to us. Number two, you can leave a review on iTunes. That helps our ranking. That's good for us too. Number three, you can share it on social media. These, these are escalations of like uh, your support. So you start at the top? No, no, start at the bottom. Okay. Although number one is still very good. Maybe number, num, number one and two are probably interchangeable. Number three, you can share it on social media. Number four, you can buy a T-shirt. We've still got some um, SSS merch left over. Uh, $40 will pick you up a, a premium cotton tee printed in Melbourne. And number five, you can support our sponsors because uh, without them, this doesn't really tick. Today, we're going we're gonna to preview the uh, welter from the last week from stage stage. We're going to kick things off. Uh, we wrapped things up last on last week's podcast at Stage 3. We're going to go through that. We're going to go through a couple other uh, notable results for uh, some big riders in the peloton. We're going to go through the Sufferfest segment. We're going to look at your training data from the World Time Trial in 2014. And then uh, Tom Hamilton's back with his Conti, Conti breakfast. And some big news out of the Conti breakfast that we talked about before. Stage 4. Another bunch gallop, a big opportunity, another big opportunity for Sam Bennett after he um, cleaned up in the first bunch kick. And Jakobsen got an absolute doozy of a lead out and yeah. uh, just pipped him. Photo, photo, photo finish. I like, couldn't even get a couldn't even get a hint of it from uh, the overhead as to who got up. Well, he we said if anyone was going to be able to come over the top of Bennett, it was probably going to be Jakobsen with a good lead out and that's what what happened um i still think bennett's the quickest quickest guy there i'm not sure when the next sprint opportunity is maybe madrid probably <laughs> there doesn't seem to be many uh many chances for the quick men but um yeah good to see jacobson get that win and from all reports they could very well be teammates next year with bennett shifting across and putting jacobson down the pecking order a little bit which i'm sure he wouldn't be too impressed with having just knocked him off no, in a grand tour but stage, it's not, but, but it's not going to be the first world tour team with a with a pecking order that has some junior burgers rising through the ranks and no. some older statesmen uh, doing their thing, which they have been for a while. Stage five, and uh, after Tom gave some uh, accurate accurate statistics on Bora BH, Burgos BH, Burgos BH in uh, the podcast last week, Continental Breakfast, he. Uh, He's kind of shown up. Well, he was just saying 
what was true. He was just, yeah, um, he was he, revealing the facts. They had was... nothing to report for untold amounts of years. Um, and clearly, Madrazo, the IT man, has been <laughs> tuning into the pod. Uh, he's obviously put it through some sort of Google trend, so I got the Spanish version through his ears and just said, um, "Go stuff yourselves." I'm yeah. going to win a stage of stage of the Welter after getting hit by my own team car, uh, going off the road, and. To top it all off, Yetzi Bowl, the, the Dutchman on the squad, came second. So it was a 1-2 for Burgos in a Grand Tour from, stage. From the breakaway of three, they went 1-2. From one, two. the Fuga. Uh, Oze Arada was the unlucky one, but uh, I think he, um, he'll, he'll be okay later in the piece, Alex. I think we'll find. Stage six and uh, Arada, but not, <laughs> as uh, cameraman Riley Harsh just pointed out, not the... The Chew Man not, over there. Yeah. That's man. The Chew Man has pointed out that uh, there is a slight discrepancy between the two in the spelling of their names. And so the other Harada... To be fair, it is quite a big difference. It's not Jesus that different. and Jose. Yeah, but it's not that different when you look at it. I mean, to be fair, I was just looking J Harada, Coffee Dust. There's a lot like, of O's, there's a lot of E's, there's a lot of dashes. There's a lot of H's, yes. there's a lot of Coffee Dust. Yeah, so to be forgive, fair... Forgive me. Yeah, I, no, I, I forgive you. But, Thank you, Alex. I'm not sure we're going to get any sympathy lucky, from... Lucky we've got the Chew Man over here mm. doing the data. Got his win and uh, got Coffee win as Coffee well. Coffee win too, importantly, because mm, it might have been a little bit flat after yesterday. I think, yes. And Dylan Toons, ever since he, well, at BMC, he had some good results. There was a period there where he was unstoppable, won three stage races, B to B to B. Um, and then this year, won a stage of the Tour de France at um, well, the Plunge de Belfis, uh, the famous finish there. Didn't get the yellow jersey, but he won the stage, which you'd rather. Which he's reversed the roles. He, he was right in the front this time for the red jersey, yep. but gave away his stage win. So yeah. maybe I mean, maybe you were right. Maybe prefer the jersey because maybe. he's ridden his way to the finish. To be honest, I'd probably rather uh, this. Uh, I'd rather have Welsh a Spanish stage win than wear the the red leaders jersey. Yeah, okay. Where the o- the opposite of the Tour de France, however. But Dylan Turns, well, he's just doing it all. He does he, what he wants. He only got it for a day. It's good to see. Good to see him um, kind of getting a little bit of a leadership role, or a lot more, a lot more kind of slack at Bahrain. I guess they haven't really had the best of years, so he's kind of a, a shining light in what's been not a super year, mm, especially Bahrain. on those like stage missions. Yeah, that he seems to really, really have a specialty in stage seven. Some old legs, some lean legs. He looks like he's in unbelievable condition. Alejandro Valverde. I think I, I tipped him for the podium. Yeah, and it's uh, going. It's looking pretty good. It's looking pretty good for now. Um, at 38 years of age, there's no real uh, uncertainty whether he can go the distance, whether he's got enough miles in the legs. He's got more miles in the legs than anyone in this race. Probably 10 guys put together wouldn't have as many miles in the legs of Valverde. And these uphill punchy finishes are literally his bread and butter. Mm. No, no one can really come close. Um, when, Still his bread and butter. Been his bread and butter for so long. For, for he's still ten, got he's still got so much punch. For at least ten years, it's been his bread and butter. But he's looking so lean. Yeah. I mean, I guess there's no real excuse for young fat anymore. You know, younger riders. Got he of, has got rid of his puppy fat. He's got rid of that fat, so it's all just genuine muscle. Um, and it looks good in the, in the World Championship jersey in the heat of Spain. Just just those legs just pulsating up those climbs. He's uh 
He's really looking good, and I think there's a reason why I tipped him for the podium. He was coming good at the end of the Tour de France. Um, just riding into it. Just riding into it, and maybe it's been the plan all along, but I think maybe what we'll go into shortly is there's just a bit of a mess going on at Movie Star in terms mm. of hierarchy, and I'm not sure if you saw today that Sam Sick announced Quintana's yeah. uh, transfer at the end of the season, probably yeah. just trying to maximise the exposure with him in the leader's jersey. Yeah, It's not bad business, but it, again, it's a weird... It's good business from them. We've got lots of questions about that, yeah. so we'll go into that. Uh, stage eight, Nikias aren't in the seat. Have you seen it? I have, have seen, seen it. Footage? In, in, in the wet. In the wet. Um, in the seat. Yeah. He's just a really strong <laughs> it's rider. so good. I think in, in his post-race interview, he was saying that he maybe was formerly a sprinter, but now he wasn't um, bought into the welter as the sprinter uh, label, you could say. So he's kind of maybe assumed a little bit of an opportunist role slash lead-out role. And, I mean, when you're sprinting like that in the seat, that's kind of got, like, good lead-out man written all over it. Mm. Um, and looking at that group, you probably expect him to torch everyone. <laughs> yeah, you would. <laughs> and but, and, but and also, he did. He still but, had to do it. But there were so many attacks in the last yeah. um, 10, 15 kilometres that they did a good job to pull it all together. They had another rider that binned it. Uh, not long before, but he kept his cool and got the job done. Yeah, which we don't mind. And it's good for Sunweb to get a win. They haven't really had again. They haven't had really a tough year. They've had a tough year a for tough a number year. of reasons, but they've found some some bits and pieces along the line. And a stage win in the Grand Tour. I think I heard it was the second one of the season. I can't remember. They must have got one in the Giro. We can probably look that up. Just reference their wins for the season. But I think it has been pretty slim pickings. But if you can get two. Two stage wins in a Grand Tour in a year. They did get one in the Giro on stage win. Chad Hager in the in the TT oh, on the yeah. last day. But besides that, Michael Matthews had a couple of stages. Um, Seth Bowles had a few stages. So for a team that's classified as probably one of the bigger teams, the more kind of progressive teams, it's been awfully slim, but with their leader going mo- down. Mo- most notably their leader, Tommy D. Yeah. One of the biggest names in cycling. Been pretty absent this year. But anyway, yeah, anyway, full credit to Art. Yeah. Um, stage nine, this was wild. Well, they were in the hills of Andorra. Yeah, when it's a 94k stage, literally in Andorra, out it's going to be wild. Out of the holes into the categorized climb. Mm. Wild, wild scenes. And they lost, um, they lost footage in the, in the finale because it was so wet and foggy that they couldn't get uh pictures back to us and there was talk that it, it was wild just watching the highlights it's like what's going on <laughs> well, like, you, you couldn't keep up you watch a 10 minutes yeah. highlights package and there's it's just changing left and, right and you center. come back and the guy that was winning is now not winning and there's another group up the road and yeah. everything's changed and then suddenly tajed pojakar he's just he's, out won, front. He's, he's won the stage he's won the stage which this is not a stage where it's like, oh, you know, he was in the right group at the right time and, you know, the other heads of state cocked it up. No. He won the he, stage. He won the stage properly. Um, and I think there was some, a lot of questions over the last few weeks. Who's going to be the shining light or the new breakout rider? It's not really a breakout kind of rider because he's won a lot of races this year, but I guess it is in a way because a stage win in a Grand Tour is is that next it's ne- level it's up. It's next level. Um and if you look at the riders behind him, Quintana, Roglic, Valverde, Soler, yes, there was a little bit of a, they, a mess in the movie star ranks, but 
still full credit to this this young guy from UAE. Twenty years old. It's young. It's mighty young. Even um, to be professional at twenty years old. What's that? Is that like second year, twenty three, or? Maybe. Yeah, it's second or third year, depending on when he... It's early in the piece. Yeah, when he turned 20, but... The early. Yeah, anyway. So that leaves us with a general. Just a quick one. I think there's been five lead changes in the last five days. Yeah, it's, it's just chops and changes. <laughs> and it's probably it's likely with the TT tonight, Royal recording on a Tuesday evening, you probably think that Roglic is going to move into, a, into the a, red jersey this evening. Yeah. Um, but like every Vuelta, it's just a spaghetti western. It's changing every day. There's no script... Um, it's just whatever happens, happens. And what are we? We're not even halfway through and it's been wild. So plenty to look forward to, I think, Alex. Let's get on to some questions because they cover a few big topics. Who's the real leader of Movistar from Pumps to Graham? Naira's the real leader. How would you feel, though? Like, he's leaving at the end of the year. You know, there's Valverde. Yes, he's also old AF. But he's he's loyal to the to the cause. He's been there since the he doesn't go on he doesn't go on land raid like lone rangers or rogue. This probably leads into the second question from Peck underscore eight of should Solo have waited for Quintana or gone rogue? Well, it seems it's like at movie star you go rogue, so he probably should have gone rogue. (laughs) You reckon he should have gone rogue? No, I don't think so. Do you rate Do you rate the call? Um, yeah, he obviously wasn't too happy with it. No. Um, With the gesture of throwing his hands up in the air when yeah, he obviously yeah. heard on the radio piece that the Typical. team's going, oi, you got to come back and wait for Nairo. And this was to put distance between him, Roglic, who has just been dropped, who just been distanced, and uh, Mikel uh, Lopez, who was yeah. slightly off the back yeah. by this point. It's it's not a surprise, though, to see these sort of things happening at Movie Star, this, um, this lack of cooperation. It's nothing new. We shouldn't be surprised by it, but I guess we are every time because Solé, he's a, he's a younger rider. You probably think he'd probably um, do as he's told <laughs> to, to help his leaders, leaders. Um, but I think that shows the angst within the team. Mm, yeah, exactly. And like I said and before with the first question, I wouldn't like hearing that my... I mean, everyone knows. He's, but, 20, he's 25. Yeah. But he's one Paris Nice as well. He's yeah. not some random punter. But back to my point about Quintana, I, it wouldn't be nice hearing that the leader of the tour who you're working for is going to be leaving at the end of the year. They no. already know, but now it's been announced and it's all public. It's just, again, cycling just being a little bit of a mess. Why don't they just wait to the end of the season for like a a transfer window, which there is kind of, but it's not very really. Loose. It's very loose. Uh, not not great business for me, and movie stars have made a, a big mess of this. But no doubt they'll um, they'll recover and they'll work something out between between Quintana and Valverde. I didn't mind it from a strategy point of view. In that they actually went, this is who we're riding for. Like Probably, yeah. like they actually committed to someone for for a change for a ch- massive change. Just a side note on that stage. Do you see uh, Esteban Chavez on D House? Yeah, bike? that was pretty good. That was that was not bad. Brought back De- memories of Poggiana twenty thirteen. <laughs> yes, when Adam Phelan tried to ride Caleb Ewan's customly made small Scott because no one because they didn't make a bike small enough, and that was too small. And then got on my bike, which was too big. Um, and then everyone was out of the race and we were literally driving home with about 30k to go because everyone was out of the race. We'd either been dropped or gave our bike to Philo, the winner of the 2012 edition, um, and it all went pear-shaped. 
Um, you famously asking for water on that stage. Yes, because the Swannies were just nowhere to be seen. <laughs> and it was August in, in Italy. Uh, points scratch. Where's Max? I hope he's having a blast. I think well, he's in Spain. So mm. hopefully we'll get some footage from him when he's when he's at the uh, Welter. Ben Giddis on Insta. How much do we love TJ stacking it in the first week every time? We don't, I don't know if we love it, but Max did clearly pointed he out did. in the preview. That we don't love it at all. He's he's a he's a big rider, um, but just can't quite manage to keep it upright. Something always seems to go wrong. And they've actually been a little bit quiet. We were talking a lot about them at the start of the tour, the start of Welter, that their list was really exciting. Well, they, they kept crashing. Yet to, yet to really pop up. Well, who's left? Higuita uh, is still there. He, he, from, we were, from the photos, he got caught up with Lopez's crash last night. Mm, Martinez. So maybe something in the last week they mm. might pop up. Um, which would you rather on your Palmares? A Giro stage win or a Walter stage win? Giro stage win, I think. Giro, yeah, I'd take the Giro too. Who was the best hairdo of the Welter? Um... Probably should have done some prep for that one. Yeah, probably should have because, to be fair, I haven't really seen a whole lot of photos of people sans helmet. I reckon um, if, you turn, if you're looking at condition, we talk about for Valverde's super condition. He looks like he's lean as ever and flying up the mountains. But, yeah, haircuts, we'll get back, we'll mm. get back to you on that one. Good question, though. That's, yeah, oh, I, I don't mind that. That's poor from us. Yeah, that's, ter- that's, ter- that's terrible form. <laughs> Um, who won the stage? Pogatar or the weather from Will T? Probably the weather. You're taking something away from the 20 year old. I'm not, big take, victory I'm not taking it. I'm not taking anything away from it, but geez, it was in a, the it was, it was a, it was a, um, performance that did put on. Any updates from, uh, the Australian Gorney? What's his thoughts on performance of Jundo? Uh, Jumbo will... Hopefully get back to you when we hear from him. And that, that is it from the questions. Special mention. Yeah, well, just uh, going over pro cycling stats, just in the preparation for the, the podcast this evening, uh, there's, there was another World Tour race going on, apparently, Alex, which shows how, um, how important it is that it's just kind of slipped under our radar. The Breton Classic uh, in France... One day race world tour. Um, first and second, the two Belgian hardmen in Sepp van Mark, who continues EF's super year. Um, and Tich Benut in second, and Jack Haig in third, with Michael Valgren in fourth. So the real the real classics men at the pointy end, and Jack Haig just helps himself to a podium. This parkour. How, vil- how Bretagne is that? Well, it doesn't come as a surprise to no. those that have raced in Bretagne. If you go and have a look at the parkour, there's, it's like shark's teeth. <laughs> Um, 45 climbs. Literally, they'd, I reckon there'd be about 45 climbs. 248 kilometres. It was probably raining too. Every chance over six hours. Um, but full credit to, to Jack Hay for a podium in, in a, in a one-day world tour race uh, with the two Belgian hard men in front of him. So hats off to Jack. Obviously got some good shape uh, after the Tour de France and he is uh, selected in the World Championships for Australia. So he might... Kind of have his own little ambitions, thinking about going, going a little bit rogue. Maybe a bit of a late late attack in the piece. Yeah. Well, the look at that parkour looks quite similar to Yorkshire, just up and down all day, all night. And also to note, Michael Matthews kind of won the best of the rest 
uh, for 14th. So his shape coming up okay for the Worlds. He'll probably be Australia's leader, you would have thought, mm. for the Worlds in a couple of weeks. Yep. So we launched, we had a segment for the Tour de France, the Suffest Rider, Rider of the Week, supported by the Suffest, the online training software, where we looked at the rider that we thought suffered the most. couple of things. You, I reckon, two years ago mentioned that you would do a training program uh, on a Wahoo kicker. Yeah, I did say that. And I called bullshit on it. You did call bullshit on that. And you had every reason to call bullshit on it. Because there was no way you were going to do it. No. But the Southwest have given you a a program. Wahoo Mm. have given you a kicker. And you've done their stress test, I believe. Did the stress test uh, about a couple of weeks ago. And you're, um, com- and you're completing a 12-week program. A 12-week program doing three, on average, three sessions a week. So roughly between two and a half and three hours. It's not like it's a big program, but the intensity is quite high, Alex. So it's 40 minutes roughly per session and you're you're suffering probably 80% of the time. It's a, it's a proper... It's a proper test, especially for someone who has done little uh, to no high intensity work over the probably the past twenty four months. And what do you have to do? So, like I said, about three three sessions a week each. No, no, for this stress test. Oh, for the The, stress test. The opener. Uh, For the opener. So, it's I'll I'll get it up. I'll get the actual activity up because I want to hear the data. The data is not impressive for those that are into their data. So it's a, it's called a four DP test, a full frontal. So it's um, it's one hour long, and you do a couple of sprints, you have a little bit of recovery. You do a five minute full gas effort, have a little bit of recovery, and then you do a twenty minute all out effort to get your FTP. Yep. So, and what did you do? So for the one minute. Um, and then you're one minute at the end of all that. So don't worry about the sprints. Doesn't really, it's not really important. The one minute. Oh, no, what did you do in the sprints? My best five second was, and I don't know whether this is the average or the maximum. I'm going to go with the average, was 952 <laughs> watts. For those that are, that's all right. For those that are keen for their numbers, et cetera, et cetera, that's a 11.7 watts per kilo. Not impressive. The one minute power was four hundred and eighty three. That's five point five point nine six watts per kilo. Uh, the five minute was three hundred and twenty watts. That's three point nine five, which is horrific. <laughs> and the twenty minute that's not too bad. It's not too on it because you're. you're probably, you, when was the last time you did riding? I did the Cadell Evans Great Ocean Road Race Grand Fondo, which was sixty k. And then I did the, um, I think it was just before Roubaix, there was a Strava segment just up the road here. One minute effort on some cobbles. That's about it. So I've done, I've done honestly, I've done nothing. Really. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, an, I'm someone that, let's say I'm an office worker and I've just come in off the street. That's essentially where I'm at physically. Yeah. So the 20 minute was 248 watts average. Uh, that is at three watts per kilo. <laughs> So, so, and, so, the, and, the, so the aim is to do one at the start of the program And then in 12 weeks time At the very end of the program There's another full frontal as well So hopefully we can see I'm looking for 
a big improvement. And you're doing three sessions a week. I'm doing three sessions a week. I'm doing three sessions a week. Plus, all on, all on the turbo. You get down the road. All on the turbo. On the turbo. I've turbo. only got one cluster, and that's firmly the on turbo, the turbo. Is the turbo? Are they, are they even called turbos anymore? They're called smart trainers. Yeah, or, it's a smart trainer. It's yeah. a it's a Wahoo smart trainer provided by the Sufferfest. Thank you very much, because without that, it would be impossible to do. Yeah. So I, I literally had to plate it up for you. Got you, you did, the got you, you the program. You got did. you the trainer. And I'm doing it though. So cut me some slack. So to give us a reference point. Mm-hmm. What did you do at Chrono Champenois in your peak? So yeah, to to reference where I was and where I'm at now, the entire workout for Chrono Champenois 2013 was a normalized power of 399 for 40 minutes, and that is 5.45 watts per kilo. And what are you doing now? Far off that. So for the full frontal. For 20 minutes is three watts per kilo. So that's a big drop-off. Yeah. Like I said, I'm an office worker, essentially, <laughs> and that reflects in the data. <laughs> and you know what, Alex? You're more than welcome to come over to my house and buckle up onto the trainer and, and see where you're at. I'd actually like to see where you're I'm, at. I'm pretty good for now. But yeah, Cam will be checking in each week. And also, over the last week, the Suffest rider, the guy that suffered the most... Um, I reckon actually Dylan Toons, he was chewing at the bit when he was going up that final climb, just trying to hang on to that red jersey. He's had a rider sitting on his wheel for the last last climb. He was doing the job. He wanted to hold the red jersey, and he was suffering like a dog up that climb. Give him the votes. I'm, I'm giving him the votes. Him the the suffest rider of the week. Next and final segment, Tommy's back with the Continental Breakfast. Welcome, Tom, to the Stanley Street Social Podcast. You've got your segment back again, and it's back with news. After after your, after your call for a sponsor last week, a bit more of a plea, wasn't it? Yeah, call. yeah, boys, boys, boys. They were coming. They were coming in hot. Sounds yeah, like we it. had to sift them out. We'd like to think. We'd like to think so, but we actually do have a sponsor for the Continental Breakfast. So the Continental Breakfast is presented by Harper. A digital marketing agency, which we love. We love marketing and we especially love Harper. Thank you, Harper. The Continental Breakfast is back, episode six. Cue intro. Cue the intro. Sit down, get comfortable and get ready to delve into the strange and beautiful world of continental cycling. The Continental Breakfast. The Continental Breakfast. <laughs> uh, episode six. I actually can't believe we've lasted this long. To be fair, like started well, this mate, off. You're not, you're not lasting. You're taking off. Sponsors are jumping on board. This is this has only been growth. It hasn't been something that's been. I know how Lance Armstrong some. feels now. Just people just want to get on board the gravy yeah. train. Just well, you can. I can all right. This week we're doing. Um, <laughs> I really want to say Cage Rule, but I know it's Kaha Rule, uh, dash Seguros RGA. So again, another one that's a little bit easier to say, and I'm not too stressed with the pronunciation there. But uh, boys, these guys started floating around, I think in 2010, they started their operation. Uh, they were just Kaha Rule, I almost said Cage Rule. They started up as Kaha Rule um, all the way up to 2013. Then from 
2013 to now, they've been Kaha Rural, Seguros, RGA. Now, I think they did exist for a period of time before that, just in the amateur scene. But obviously, they've progressed up through the ranks to the point now where they're obviously racing in that welter. All right. And they're pro-Conti again. They, they are not, pro- a, not a Conti team. Well, I thought in, um, in light of having a sponsor now, I thought... If they didn't care about the rules beforehand, <laughs> they're probably not going to really care about them now. So uh, we'll start with you then, Flakey. Kaha Rule, what do we think that uh, those guys do? Um, the boys and girls at Kaha Rule. <laughs> I'm going to go with like tractors and stuff. Yeah, okay. Uh, like farm farm equipment. Reasonable machinery. Heavy, heavy, heavy machinery. Yep. Mentos? You is it one, is it one thing? Kahara. Good, good question. What do you think? Well, based based off your Spanish, the, the last two teams you've done, I'm thinking parts of region. Yeah. That would be the safe bet. That would be the safe would bet. would be a safe bet. It would be a bad bet. It's a bad bet. Fast women and slow horses, boys. Avoid them, right? Yep. Bad bets. Kahara <laughs> Rule is a brand used by, and we're going to throw this word up again, used by several autonomous Spanish credit unions. So my understanding is it's just a conglomerate of places where you can finance. finance. So basically, smoke and mirrors. Effectively, I think the group is made up of seventy-three rural boxes. Now, a rural box is effectively, I think, a town. Could be wrong. Could be right. Wouldn't really know. Um, and the Spanish Association of Rural Banks is basically an instrument and a discussion forum where they can just talk about because they're an autonomous community so they're not necessarily directly or ruled by every day today by an overarching government they sort of just manage themselves so i think it's almost like a a company within these autonomous regions bit vague but you know they've got enough uh, moolah to sponsor a pro conti team so there you go and and for a while well for quite a while uh seguros rga what are we going with these boys and girls? Chemicals. Nah. Furniture? Nah. Uh, they're an insurance subsidiary of Grupo mm. Caja Rural. <laughs> so, <laughs> they're a subsidiary of a phantom company. <laughs> so, they work for the overarching company. They do. Bit of B to B. Bit mm. of B to C. Love a bit of B to B. Yeah, we do. On me Saturday afternoons. Yep. Uh, business to business. So pretty well covers the, the sponsors. Big start, who to look out for. So in light of recent comments I may have made about certain teams and then them actually doing quite well after I just shit can them for half an hour, mm. I thought this week we might take a more lighthearted approach to the, uh, to the riders. So first cab off the rank is Sergio Pardilla. He's a bit of a veteran on the team. He has previously placed third overall at Tour Land Cowie. That was in 2013. And a bit like Ivan Basso, so similar ballpark kind of rider, won the Tour of Japan in 2009. <laughs> yes. So arguably at some point better than Ivan Basso. Yeah, so, okay. <laughs> uh, read into that as much as you want. I'm reading into it a lot. Sergey, oh, just, just, just a quick one back on Sergio. Yeah, mate, go for he it. looks about forty-five, and his profile <laughs> picture on PCS. Yeah, no, that's that's pretty accurate. He's old. When I said veteran, like he is he every be a part of it twice over. And just another fun fact: he also wrote for Movie Star. 
a lot of these guys that I'm about to mention yep. previously rode for, I think, World Tour teams. Uh, I don't think many of these guys are too young. But Sergei Chinetsky, he's from the Eastern Bloc. With, oh, he might have been Russian, actually. Anyway, Sergei, uh, he won the GC Arctic Race of Norway last year. And I believe that uh, was with another team. Might want to double a check starter. that. Yeah, I think it was when he was a pro. Yeah, with a starter. Uh, next guy, John Aberasturi. Aberasturi. Johnny Boy, he won. We love talking about this race. The uh, Tour of Japan, he won a stage there two years ago. And he also won a stage at the Princess Maha Chakri <laughs> Srinidhar Horns Cup Tour of Thailand in 2017. Did you race through Thailand? I never did. Lukey Parker did, though, and he <laughs> potentially would have raced against this guy. <laughs> but um, unfortunately, Luke never won a stage at the Princess Maha Chakri Shiodorn's Cup Tour of Thailand, <laughs> uh, which would have been good to put on the Palmares or the stat sheet because it fills up half the bloody page. <laughs> so it looks like you got a lot of results. <laughs> uh, so the last guy I think who you should be paying attention to is... Uh, uh, an Alex, not a Juan Alex, just an Alex, Aaron Buru. He won. No, he didn't win. He got second on a stage of the Tour of Alps this year. So he has actually done something this year. And he's young. Kind of nice. young. 23. I like that. He's a kid. Yeah. He's, he's definitely, got, I think, looking to impress. And we can't be too hard on the youngsters, I wouldn't have thought. I wasn't being harsh. I didn't think. I know you weren't. All right. Alumni. Now, a few of these names I do know. A few of them I don't really, but... Paolo Bill Bow, he used to ride for Ascati, like the pro, the pro team. Um, I actually sort of remember hearing about this guy, but now rides with Astana and he won two stages at the Giro this year. So he's someone that's come to the team and obviously gone on to bigger and better things and done pretty well out of it, um, which unfortunately for a lot of blokes that get a bit of a rap in this segment of your podcast tend to just get canned for having been at that world to a level then it's just a slow steady decline into the into the laps of the pro conti circuit <laughs> but not for uh Palo. david arroyo he's 39 campbell and still racing what's alejandro 38 something that old yeah. what's rebel in he's 49 mm. like yeah, he's <laughs> still going and flogging a dead horse now he turned neo pro in 2001 like, think about it. He rode for Unsay in his Neo Pro year. See the guy, Giro 2010, was in the pink for a long time. Him and Richie were going head to head. Yeah, correct. So he um, rode for the old Ibaneso team, then rode for Movistar. And I think when he was with Movistar, he led the Giro in 2010. So, yeah, okay. And I think he, he won a stage in the Valter in 2008. So he's someone that's done well at the Valter. Um, Big rider. Big rider. He was. It wasn't with uh, Kaha Ruel Sergos RGA necessarily, but he's someone that's definitely been a part of this team at some point. Now another one. This guy's actually quite a uh, established rider in Luis Leon Sanchez. He rode with the team in 2014. It was sort of like a bit of a hiatus period of his career. Only 2014. Yeah. Because remember when. Someone, I think a team folded or he got done for something or there was a bit of bit of confusion in the ranks, yes. I, guess, I think, personally. Um, he needed somewhere to go. But basically, he rides for Astana now. He started in 2004 with Liberty Seguros, Rubber Bank, Case de Pan. Um, 
He won four stages. He's won four stages in the tour, like from 2008 through to 2012. He won the King of the Mountains classification with Kaha Rual in 2014 at the Volta, mm-hmm. and uh, one that doesn't quite show up in the Palmares is his link to Operation. Puerto doping case. <laughs> so, again, can't confirm anything there, but there's definitely links to that, <laughs> which we don't love. Um, big, big Palmares, though, on Lewis Lee. Well, he's, he's a big rider. He's established. We know this. Um, but then there's just a spattering of current pros formerly involved with the team, like Hugh Carthy rode for the team, Nick Schultz has ridden for them, and then not to mention the man of the hour in Anguel Madrozo, who... The IT guy, apparently, yep. um, did all right last week. He narrowly escaped getting run over. Run over. Well, actually, what's uh, purple and red and can't jump a cyclist? The team the car. GS. Silence makes a good radio, doesn't it? Uh, <laughs> it's the team car, which obviously I was right in suggesting that they don't have any directors. It was driving itself. The autopilot is shit itself and tried to run over one of his own riders. <laughs> Take the wheel, Jesus. No one's driving the car. <laughs> anyway, he went on to win this stage. We've actually got an interview. I managed to get a hold of him um, for did an you? interview. I, I did, actually. Bullshit. Uh-huh. No shit. Take, how? I just I just got it. Don't ask how. I've still got a few contacts in the cycling <laughs> world. I've managed to get a pretty decent interview with him. It's kind of repetitive, but... <laughs> you taking a piss? No, no, no. Anyway. It's Audio bit... or written, like... We've got an audio. I've rang him up. You got his, you got his, you got his number. You got his WhatsApp. What's yeah? WhatsApp him. Anyway, we'll talk. We'll move on to that later. That'll be towards the end. Amazing. Yes. So team victories. Um, that's that's enterprise. Team victories. They've dominated the Valta uh, Portugal over the years. So not probably not quite the Valta they want to dominate, but it's okay. <laughs> um, 2012 in their first year at the Valta, they won a stage, which is pretty. Pretty impressive. I think it's pretty good. They won the mountains classification in 2014 with Luis Leon Sanchez. And the, I think the best barometer for a pro Conti team in how they perform compared to other pro Conti teams, because this race just seems to be made up of <laughs> like how many pro Conti teams are there? Like 10 or something. There seems to be like 16 of them turn up to this race. <laughs> the true of Turkey. <laughs> Every week seems to get a bloody mention, but they, in 2015, they won two stages. Uh, and in 2016, they won overall and another two stages. So arguably... Happy hunting ground. The best pro Conti <laughs> team in the world ever that's ever existed. <laughs> so they'll be pretty happy with that one. Uh, interesting fact. Right, so this one's not really super inter- interesting, more so just funny. So in 2012, when they first got a start, at the Giro, uh, the Vuelta, the, um, there was a, in the fourth stage, they, they won the bunch kick or the, there was a guy who, I think he just got, got a bit of misinformation as you do, like a bit of, in the heat of the moment, a bit of confusion, like it's their first grand tour, like they sort of lose track of what riders are where and who's doing what and anyway, basically what's happened is that there's three blokes up the road this guy thinking he's the hero and just done it for all of Spain in the fourth stage of the Velta has carried on like an absolute pork chop, thinking he's just won the stage. How good's this? I'm Spanish, winning the stage in the Tour of Spain. 
There's three blokes up the road the whole time. <laughs> the director didn't tell him that because, again, there was no one in the car to direct him, apparently. <laughs> and uh, he threw his hands up over the lines going, like, how good, how good am I? Love this team. We're going to dominate this race. And there's three blokes like a couple of minutes up the road. It's a showbiz baby. That is just show business, baby. <laughs> um, directors, this team actually has some directors, which is nice for a change. Jose Manuel Hernandez is either a popular 106-year-old Venezuelan army general and cabinet member who is involved in numerous <laughs> insurrections or potentially could be a stage winner of the 1961 Vuelta Ciclista a la Comunidad. Valencia. How old is this bloke? <laughs> Fantastic stories of pursuing your dreams because he had placed third in a stage two years before. Or most likely answer is he's neither of those people. And I couldn't work out <laughs> who he was. <laughs> but hey. I can't, no, can't, can't be either of those blokes. That's too, that's too long ago. You might have won a stage well, when you he was 15. Stage when he no, was you could be 70, 80. 20? Yeah, it's possible. You'd just 40. Be, yeah, so he's, he's an old bloke. Can you ripping in the convoy 80 years old? He's probably the one driving the Burgos <laughs> car the other day. <laughs> hey, mate, they could, they could have just been short. Their driver might have been sick. You never know. Could have been... Uh... <laughs> anyway, so team they do have a team manager in Eugenio. Oh, this is proper Spanish. What, what do you say when there's an X in their name? That's a... Sha. Sha. Anyway, it still makes no sense. I'll go for it, but it's a goi totex shea. He's still with still with the team. Potentially may have been fired. Conflicting reports. <laughs> Either way, I don't think he's there next year. <laughs> Whether he's actually even been there this year is a huge question mark. Hard to tell. Anyway, was definitely at the point. Was definitely with the team at some point. Again... It's, his directors sort of come and go a little bit. Mm, sounds the like ebbs it. and flows of the At this sport. level of the sport. Mm. Uh, so that's that. Doping convictions. Um, they had a trainee, Manuel Sola, tested positive. Oh, no. <laughs> <Is> that... <laughs> How mad would you be? Like, yeah, mate, come on in. This <laughs> blows up the whole rep of the team. It's just, it's just like, oh, no, it's all you right. You are like, joking. It's just like, yeah, bringing the shark to the pool party. To Pretty like, much. Who brought the shark? Like... <laughs> Let's not do it. It ruins the party, doesn't it? A little bit. Um, so Manuel is the trainee, tested positive for testosterone. Um, so funny. While at a race. So that's pretty good. Jamie, what, do you, Rod- what year was this? Yeah, what age? Oh, it was what? a couple of years ago. Oh, only two years ago. A couple of oh. Since 2010, Couple. at some point. Between two and six years ago. <laughs> you want to be here for 50 minutes? Like, it happened. Okay. Uh, Jamie Ronson was provisionally suspended from racing following an adverse analytical finding on his biological passport. So, again, the biological passport cashed in a few of these boys out. Got to stay on your toes out there, boys. <laughs> um, it happened in 2017, but he was with another team, but it was the case of it was a so that, adverse they, analytical they finding from before he was with oh, the new team. No, no, no. He was with Kaha Royal. So a bit of a bit of a stain for both the teams there. But anyway, and and two two convicted dopers that well, just haven't the, really been in association with the team, mm, just well, tearing the brand down. Well, that's that's it, boys. You got you got to vet these people. Yeah, bring mm. them on like a bit of a pat down. Like you've got to be one hundred percent sure. Do an ethical pat down, if you will. 
<laughs> yep. <laughs> how, how would you recommend going about that, Tom? Priests on training camps. It's one surefire way of squaring your team right up. Uh, well, look, hey, look, you've got that sorted. Look what it did for Burgos. Sorted right at Jesus is at the wheel. <laughs> Metaphor. No, sorry. Jumping ahead there. Kit. All right. Legit one of my favourite kids. For, was that it you for doping? Campbell shaking his head. You can't tell because you can only hear him. But he, he was shaking his head there. Which, unless he was looking at something else. No, no, no. I am looking at the kit. He's, he's finally stopped looking at his Training Peaks program from <laughs> 2013. Just getting wild on his own data. So see, uh, that's, that's the glory days, yeah. isn't it? That's, but hey, Campbell, <laughs> what are you going to do? Yeah, what can you do? I reckon legit one of my favourite kits ever. It, is not, cool. it hasn't changed in 10 years. It's iconic. I love the green. I love the logo. It's simple. I love that they're riding DeRosa bikes. Not, not filthy at all. Like full, full congratulations, I think. It's a good kit. It's simple. It does a job. It's recognisable. As far as Pro Conti and Conti kits go, I think it's probably up there. What, okay. What would you say is a better Pro Conti kit, for example? No, that's what I'm pretty much saying. I'm saying that it is probably one of the, the better Pro Conti slash Conti kits. It's, it is clean. It's not traditional. Too, it's traditional. It's not too heavy in sponsors. Black shorts. We like that. We like black shorts. We do. I think just that's the dark green and the black. It's just a little bit. I don't know. It doesn't doesn't get me super excited. Doesn't get you horny, man. I wouldn't say that. No. No. Well, I mean, I, I respect. I respect you, your opinion. What do you compare it to then in the in the pro peloton? Who, who are you asking? Who's yeah, got the who, nicest kit? Not who's got the nicest. I think that's a whole discussion in itself. And I'm not exactly the. Uh, <laughs> the connoisseur of kits, as we know this, but who would you say it's on par? It's on who par is an equivalently with... adequate-looking kit? <laughs> um, <laughs> we said so just pro content. Matt, no, 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 no. In terms, of who would it be on par with in terms of a, a world tour kit? If you look at the world tour kits, they're all pretty. They're all pretty nice. I'd probably say a Trek Segafredo, something like this. Maybe. UAE, it's not great. I don't mind UAE, so. Anyway, it looks, we're getting it a looks bit, good it's in just the team. you don't like the team that you don't like. No, 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 no. It looks no. good in the team photo, UAE. It doesn't yeah. look good on, out on the bike, though. Not at no. all, because you can't recognize, you can't see, you yeah. can't see anything. Anyway, anyway, one man's opinion. Yeah. IMO. Um, metaphor, simile. <laughs> right. Have either of you two seen The Office? Mm, no. Just little bits clips, and pieces. Yeah, clips on the internet. Anyway, mainly the one where they're doing the resuscitation course. Yeah, <laughs> True. So if you're referencing that one, I'm all over it. Yeah, okay. Br- British or American? Doesn't matter. Uh, America. I'm referencing okay. the American one. Anyway, Hank is sort of <laughs> this team. Now, Hank isn't exactly a starring role or even a minor character. He's sort of just like part of the show, but definitely adds adds an element to it. He's the security guard. So he pretty much, you almost see him in, Pretty well every episode at some point, but it's usually just in passing. Like there'd be a one or two second sort of little bit with Hank in it. But he's like, he's, he's lovable, he's friendly, like causes no issues. Like he's, he's that sort of guy. But then like there's one episode where he just gets up and then just starts like playing like really good blues music. And like everyone's just like, what, what the, f- who's this guy sort of thing. And I think that's sort of like what, um, because I'm just envisioning, envisioning, envisioning like 2012. They're like Kaha Royal, the new guys on the block. Then like stage four, 
they just go and just blow the doors off with the celebration for fourth place <laughs> sort of thing. Everyone's just like, what the, what the, what the, what the hell? Like, who is this guy? So that's my metaphor for this week. Potentially not a good one. Potentially maybe accurate. Doesn't really phase me. <laughs> maybe, that's my metaphor. <laughs> maybe for the, the, all the office viewers out there. Yeah. They'll probably get around hit, hit this. Well, and for those who, well, it, hey, even if you're not an office fan, maybe a good time to start watching it. Hank, all around good guy. Not the main, not the main character in the show, but you know what? Definitely adds an element to yeah. it, which I think what this team does. So, I think it's a great metaphor, actually. Yeah. So, as mentioned before, I do actually have an interview with uh, Angel or Angle, <laughs> and he was actually pretty receptive. I thought he'd be a little bit shy, but uh, turns I still it, think this is bullshit. Well. <laughs> Anyway, anyway, you can you'll hear you the can, proof in the pudding. That's exactly right. Like, until you actually hear this interview, you can't judge. Okay. Okay. It was a pretty good interview. Um, I think there was a little bit of confusion with the English <laughs> to Spanish, Spanish to English, my English versus his hearing of my version of English, which is pretty pathetic. Anyway, but enjoy, enjoy, enjoy. great interview. Uh, g'day, Angel Madrazo. Is that is that how you say is that how you say your name, mate? Is pronunciation on that, all right? Unbelievable. So uh, good to catch up with you here. The um, rest day at the Velta. Uh, you must be pretty happy. You must be feeling feeling pretty good after uh, last week's win. Just tell me a bit, like how you feeling, man? Unbelievable. Yeah, great, great. No, that's that's good. Um, so what's going on? What was going through the uh, the uh, director's Head when he when he wanted to run you over. What's going on there? Must be a little bit upset about that. No, no, not in my opinion. Do uh, do you think maybe next time maybe when you're finishing the stage and you're uh, and you're about to pull up to the bus and he just happens to be standing out the front? Do you reckon you might be uh, sort of angling at him now? You know, a bit of bit of payback if you will. No, for me it wasn't the problem. <laughs> the guy was. Uh... Really nice. <laughs> yeah, no dramas. Thanks for your time, mate. I'll, uh, good luck for the rest of the uh, the rest of the Velta. Unbelievable. Anyway, so there you have it. <laughs> Fantastic little insight into the sport. Uh, so enjoy uh, enjoy those the dulcet tones of ankle. I guess. Kind of sounds a lot like Rafa, don't you think? He does sound a lot like Rafa. <laughs> it's crazy, isn't it? It's weird. Yeah. It's just Spanish guys just all sounding the same. Yeah, crazy. <laughs> <laughs> God. <laughs> you got to wrap things up. Anyway, that's it for me for this week, boys. Thanks for having me. Thank you, uh, Angle, for coming on the show too. Um, thanks to Harper Agencies for sponsoring the Continental Breakfast. Did I say that right? Nailed it. Beautiful. I've ticked my uh, ticked my boxes, crossed my eyes, and dotted my T's. <laughs> thanks, Tom. <laughs> thanks, Tom. Thanks, Gable. Thanks, Alex. Thanks to MAP, and we'll see you back at the Social Club next time.